It's episode 21. No laugh track, Acme Comedy's official podcast. My name is Justin Severson. My guest this week, I will introduce in a second. Here's something I'd never say. I probably should get the business done. Uh, like us on Facebook. It's No Laugh Track. Follow us on Twitter at No Laugh Track. And, uh, you know, iTunes. Feel free to subscribe, leave a comment. And now that's out of the way, Arch Barker. Hello. What's up, man? Hello. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Good, thanks. Quite relaxed on this couch. I know. Do we have an alarm clock here? So you may <laughs> no snooze button, no sleeping. No, here. no, I won't fall asleep. No, I could because I'm on California time. Yeah. So right now it's only, jeez, it's only eleven fifteen in the morning right well, now. And, so. and you'd be sleeping, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a reasonable world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, welcome back to Minnesota. Thank you. How long has it been since you've been here? Roughly a year. Yeah. Give or take. You come back every Actually, year? Actually, it's probably been a little over a year because I probably came in the, um, in the summer of 2011. Yeah. But you come back every year? I'd like to, and I try to. Yeah, I would love to come back every year for the rest of my life. <laughs> even if you stop doing comedy, just come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, even honestly, even if I was in town, I would want to drop by, but uh, you never know. So, yeah. But I, I do try to come back. Yeah. Awesome. I uh, So you did one show, today's Wednesday, so you did a show last night. Yes. How were things? It was fun. It was a very relaxed vibe in here. Kind of a mellow jam. But, you know, I took it to the next level. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, by the end of the show, but it took a few minutes. Yeah. Walk- oh, by the way, the next level was wasn't a lot higher than the initial level, <laughs> to be fair. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't say it was a dramatic change. I just said it was the next level. From uh, 2% to 3%. Yeah, well, there you go. I was implying something like that. <laughs> um, so I walked past the box office, and I overheard, you'll like this, uh, 12 tickets they just sold together for the uh, Friday night at 10.30 show. Oh, great. Yeah. Hopefully it's like a bachelorette party. or. Do you like having them? Oh, it's the best. Seriously? I want a lot of people with... Yeah, because, you know, the worst thing is, like, when you just get people that are like, oh, we just came to watch comedy. We just want to enjoy the show. You know, I want people to have diversions, like big, you know, cock balloons and and also... earrings. And also, ideally, uh, I want at least one group that thinks that the the night's about them, not about the show. Right, right. Because to me, that adds an element of, you know, it gives the night a lot more texture. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you got into this business, to be, yeah. play second fiddle to the people in the audience. And I hope the people listening have their sarcastar turned up. I, I know. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to be like, really? Really? Because I can wants... be an asshole in the crowd. It's not a problem. No, I mean, that's to be fair, a lot of bachelorette parties or bachelor parties or birthday parties, perfectly pleasant, great audience. Just mm-hmm. once in a while, you get a little... They can be a little noisy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, got to put them in But that's kind of a cliche. I mean, a lot of them are very well-behaved. And they just love comedy, and they're really nice. And they come up after, and they want to they want to get a picture with the, the group or with the bride, and it's super awesome. And you put on. I mean, I don't want to like people to think I prejudge audience just because <laughs> just because you're coming in on an occasion. I'm thankful that they chose to come see comedy. That's so, so diplomatic. <laughs> no, I mean, I really. You should have been on the debate last night. <laughs> I'm very very uh, thankful. Oh, I was on. I wasn't on it, but I, I was keeping an eye on it. Were you wait? weren't you on the stage? Yeah, oh, I, had a television, like I had a television set up in the back with um, subtitles. Oh. So I was watching it while I was performing. Really? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, w- I was keeping an eye on it. I saw the first half hour. Yeah. I saw actually the most, probably one of the more intense parts. Yeah. Where they were both like a few feet from each other, just kind of going each other. Yeah. But it's like I was right in the beginning, and what were they talking about? It sort of seemed like a Jerry Springer moment, like the oh, security yeah. guard had to He's come He's like, back. answer the question. Yeah. Answer the question. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, fellas, back in your seats. Okay, I will answer the question. <laughs> yeah. I like, it got pretty gnarly pretty quick. It did, which I I, uh, I usually have very little interest in that type of thing, but I, I, I happened to catch it last night. It was, it was yeah. actually enjoyable for the most part, which is... yeah. Well, I watched it, and I won't describe, you know, who I have a preference for. Sure. Because I'm, I'm sort of an apolitical comic. Okay. But I noticed as I watched it, I would feel um, slightly hopeful for a minute or two minutes, approximately. And then I would feel sick and nauseated for about two minutes. <laughs> and then I would feel like, you know, hesitantly 
optimistic sure. for two minutes, sure. and then I'd feel like it, like almost vomity. <laughs> yeah, creeped out, sickly for two minutes. And <laughs> sometimes then, two and a half or three minutes. Sometimes two and a half or three minutes, and then I would feel like you know not a rush of joy, but sort of like okay. Sounds like you could uh, you could have. Uh, you needed a commercial break to compose yourself. Yeah, there's no way. commercial breaks on no, that. They straight on through. But really what I am working on in my act is comedy that isn't divisive politically. That's good. And trying to find central things because, you know, if you come to a comedy club, eh, you shouldn't feel, feel, like, feel like you're being picked on for your political beliefs. I mean, that's me personally. I should rephrase that. If you come to my show... I don't want you to feel like you're you're being you're being singled out. Let's say I do a show and it's mostly liberals, and then I start you know going. Well, I gotta take all that back because if I want to tell a joke, I'm gonna tell it, right? Regardless of what it is. Yeah. If I think it's funny, but I'm my own judge about what's offensive, and I take responsibility for what I say. But I just thought it'd be nice because we're in such a divisive atmosphere with the elections to try to write stuff and to try to work on jokes that are going to help unify people rather than divide more. Bring so us all I fo- together. So I focused on on some jokes and some material about what the, what these guys have in common and how that's bullshit. <laughs> rather than how one of them's, you know, a liar and a cheater and the antichrist. Right. And and the other one is maybe not the greatest president yeah. that we've ever had yet, but also I think you know, I'm, I'm going to say it, fuck it. I don't think it's fair to blame Obama that for all the problems in this country and to say, oh, he's had four years. Yeah, but it's four years that started out in a giant shitstorm yeah. of an economy. Uh, a lot of Republicans in, in Washington that made it very difficult to get anything done. And I say I'm definitely in favor of giving him four more years. I think it's quite odd that you know most people watching the debate, such as myself, already clearly know who, they, who they're going to vote for. Right. And even if you don't agree with everything they say or they do something stupid, there's no way you're going to – you're so far from going to the other side. Just so far. So it leaves that one little group, the undecided, mm-hmm. and they're all going for that. That, And I just think it's bizarre that our system works like that where – I was trying to think of an analogy earlier. It's like if you went out to dinner and – the restaurant said the table can only eat one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Half the people wanted chicken, the other half wanted steak. Yeah. But there was one guy who was just like, I don't know. I want chicken. I mean, chicken's pretty good, but <laughs> I like steak too. I mean, they both have their good values. I just can't, you know, yeah, I mean, I just don't know. And everyone said, well, then we'll all just sit here and wait. And uh, <laughs> we'll let you, why don't we let you decide? Why don't we let the guy that can't, can't make up fuck, his mind about doesn't two- fucking know what he wants? <laughs> Let's let him decide for all of us. It just seems so fucking backwards to me. So you're saying it'd be better if that guy starved. But I don't have an alternative either. The system is insane, except maybe splitting up the states into two countries. Red <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where would we split that? Uh, I guess the coast. <laughs> More or less the, the coast yeah. would, be, would be blue, and then the middle of the country would be... You know, a couple of good states would have to go down with the Reds, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's so messed up and complicated. You but I hate, to, I hate to see all the people hating each other and arguing. Yeah. It doesn't help our country. No. No. Do, uh, you know what happens when there's a, uh, you said, you know, like there's a, you don't know what the third, so, you know, if there was a third choice. You know what happens when there's a third choice? Jesse Ventura gets elected like he did governor here. Oh, actually, I wouldn't mind. I'd rather him. Uh, I don't know that much about him, but I like his view. I like his open mindedness on calling out the government, mm-hmm. on, 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 and I like his openness to conspiracies and stuff because I think that a lot of times you automatically get labeled crazy if you say, you know, maybe there maybe there was something we don't know about nine eleven and all that stuff. I mean, I'm open to. My thing is, I'm always open to ideas. I try to be anyway. Like I have friends that believe in, that the moon landing was a hoax, right? And I've looked it up and and read both sides online, and I go into the shit open minded, and I've come out thinking that I'm probably ninety percent sure we went to the moon, mm-hmm. but I label there are a few weird things and there's some interesting coincidences and this and that, 
So I've given it a 10% possibility that we've never been to the moon. <laughs> so that's pretty open-minded of me. That, that and like 9-11, I'm like, where do I stand on that? I think it's possible that there's an in-between, whereas maybe the administration at the time didn't plot it themselves. Maybe they maybe they weren't instrumental. Maybe there weren't, maybe there weren't explosives in the building. But on the other hand, is it possible that they let it happen? to write a blank check to go into Iraq. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, it's not inconceivable, certainly. And I think, so I think you have to try to, I like to personally try to stay open-minded towards different ideas. Conspir- conspiracy. And I actually believe in UFOs, so I don't Oh, really? So right there, I just destroyed all my credibility with anyone, <laughs> with a lot of people. What? But fuck you. Okay? <laughs> What's your best proof that there's UFOs? Do you ha- Do you have any? I don't personally have evidence, but there is evidence of of something strange happening, and a lot of it is testimony, but by you know uh, reliable witness testimony, which to be fair is enough to in some cases put someone away for life. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, have you ever met someone that has claimed to see a UFO? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you, you, I've met some. I've met. In fact, one time on I was talking about on stage. Is that, I said, is anyone? Ever had any experiences? And a lady said, yeah, you know, I was, and I woke up one night and there was aliens standing in my room. And she was 100% serious. Yeah. I didn't get to talk to her in detail, but it was interesting that she was right there in New York in the audience. And I've, I, yeah, I, I know people, various friends that have seen UFOs and of some sorts, but I, I don't know anyone really well who's had like an intense, like an abduction experience or, you know, like, you know, f- insane encounter i would just most of my friends were like yeah we were doing shrooms and then yeah right (laughs) that's the first thing i was like what kind of drugs are your friends using but i and and so that that's where it gets a little bit gray and i'll be the first again it's that whole you know percentile thing i think 95 percent maybe more of anything you hear about ufo sightings are explainable they or explainable yeah oh yeah explainable sure you know know, they think it's this but it's really what they call you know, reasonable terrestrial explanations where the, where's maybe a lenticular cloud or a, you know, some, some exotic form of lightning or, um, just any, any number of reasons, optical illusion, the people under, under the influence or, um, <laughs> night terrors, um, <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. Like even abductions can be sometimes explained by this thing called old hag syndrome, which what? is really interesting. What is that? Uh, it's a, it's a form of sleep paralysis where you feel like there's a presence in the room, but you can't move, and then you feel a weight on you, and you sometimes smell, uh, you know, hallucinate this smell that I think, if I'm not mistaken, smells kind of smoke like smoke, and it's terrifying. But it's a known thing. You can look it up. It's how do you know about this? I've I've had I've had uh, a minor attack of it before. I've, really, I've woken up and thought there was someone in the room. Felt like and 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 ha- woken up in a tear, but more because I've heard about it and read about it, and it's just a known th- psychological anomaly, I guess you could call it. So you would, you had no. It's knowledge. a form. Sleep paralysis is a known thing. Mm-hmm. Old, I think it's old hag syndrome, is a form of sleep paralysis, and so you can feel like there's somebody sitting on top of you or pinning you down, and so I think people mistake that for abductions. But getting back to my point large percentage of these things are explainable, but there is a small percentage, really solid cases where there is no obvious explanation. Yeah. And I think we have to be open-minded to the idea that another intelligence, aside from human, uh, that's at work in, in a few rare cases. For instance, cases where there's multiple witnesses mm-hmm. who have not met and yet described the exact, seeing the exact same craft, the exact same entities... People can look up uh, Cahill, C-A-H-I-L-L, uh, the Cahill abduction in Australia. I think her name's, I think it's Kathy Cahill. Hard. Yeah. Her last name's Cahill, though, C-A-H-I-L-L. Uh, she's a lady from Victoria in Australia. Yeah. An amazing abduction case. A lot of evidence there. That's one of my favorites. It's not very famous. Also, for UFOs, look up Japan Airlines. Alaska UFO incident. Yeah. Very uh, 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 highly respected uh, 
25-year veteran senior Japan Airlines uh, 747 pilot. Intense encounter with a with a craft that is, that was shaped sort of like a walnut, and was just zipping around his plane. And said he he estimated it to be the size of an aircraft carrier. I think I sometimes mix things up, but anyway, the, the reason I mention it is that the listeners can say, okay, you know, I'm a little curious. So you just 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 type in Alaskan Airlines. Sorry, Japan Airlines, Alaskan <laughs> UFO. That's a good case. Uh, the Iranian Air Force UFO encounter, which is documented by government um, documents. Uh, U.S. government investigated it and had records of it. A very good case. Most people, Justin, won't. I love talking about UFOs, by the way. That's why the rest of the who po- knew that we would get the rest into this? of the this podcast could be about this. Here's <laughs> the problem. Knew? Most people have been influenced by the media from day one uh, because this started back in uh, after shortly after Roswell, uh, where the media started treating it like a like a complete non-subject, not worthy of anything but maybe a silly segment once in a while. Sure. So most of us have grown up in an atmosphere where it's not even considered to be a real topic. And unfortunately, for that reason, most people and a lot of intelligent people, including myself, before I finally did a lecture from a friend is like, well, there's actually some real, you know, good cases, just like I'm telling people to take the time. Most people haven't taken the time to even spend an hour to approach it with an open mind and say, what what evidence is there? What cases are there? Is there anything to this? Because they've been... I don't know if brainwashed is too strong a word, but they've definitely been influenced by the media to write it off without ever looking into it at all, which to me, which is why I want to usually have conversations for very long with people about it. Because if I'm in a bar and it comes up and I bring it up and then the people roll their eyes, right. the first question I ask is, have you ever actually read up at all about you know some of the some of the cases that are out there and some of the you know uh, doctors and uh, and scientists that have taken it seriously at would basically risking career suicide <laughs> uh, and and they often say no not really and then i just say well there's no point in talking about it yeah. because you're just going to be going off what i'm saying but you actually haven't taken any of taken a look at the subject seriously i um, remember uh i you and i are about the same age and uh, i remember in uh fifth grade i remember because i remember the teacher very well mm-hmm. we were talking about aliens and she was telling us that there uh, there's no way aliens could exist because there isn't oxygen and then i remember speaking up you know a little smart ass and i said well you know but maybe they don't breathe oxygen and she was like oh i guess well there yeah. is there is oxygen obviously yeah tons of it and just like we can travel short short distances in space through, in craft that have oxygen, I mean, and also I don't know, you know, that that's getting into the real heavy theoretical side of it. Is like, do they need oxygen? Mm-hmm. Are they multi? Some people think they're multi-dimensional travelers. Who knows? You know, I don't have these answers. And then there's also the speed of light uh, barrier. Um, that's the problem that says. No civilization could can travel faster than the speed of light. Therefore, it would take too long for them to ever get here. We just had the guy jumping out of that. Uh, he broke the sound barrier. The broke other day. the sound barrier. Yeah, and and uh, that now's yeah. So that's a little different than this. Right. Than the speed of light. <laughs> no, completely almost, different. Almost. I know. <laughs> but that was cool. Yeah, that was a cool video. But these are all these are all problems. But my whole thing is, you know, and you might call it the easy way out, but I say. Well, we're our civilization is around ten thousand years old, and only in the last, you know, two hundred years ago, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. You know, right? We wouldn't. We would have had to go out and do it live <laughs> around the country <laughs> yeah. because we, we didn't have electricity and we didn't have this and that. Yeah, and that's just, and so in such a short time, you know, we have you know jets and we go we we fly into space and we do this and that. So. Let's say it took, let's just say, to be generous, 5,000 years since we started making this and that mm-hmm. technology. I, and don't quote me on this because I'm just throwing numbers sure. out. Sure. Let's say 10,000. Well, what if there's a race out there that's been, that survived for a million years and and progressed technologically for a million years? How can we even 
conceive what what they're capable of or how they would behave. I mean, we simply can't we can't fathom it. It's it's a similar comparison to saying how can it could it can an ant uh, uh, understand what what a human you know doesn't do ants even contemplate us? I don't think they do. <laughs> and perhaps they're perhaps to another species we're an ant and we don't even yeah can't even really contemplate their existence. I mean, I just get back to my whole thing. I try to keep an open mind here. And I didn't mean to make this whole thing about UFOs, but I, I find it more interesting than a lot of subjects. <laughs> just because, you know, part of me is, is like I love science fiction and I love the idea and, 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 and wanting to believe that we're not the smartest thing around, too, sure. which would be a huge relief. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look okay. around and I wonder. But another interesting thing, again, to people that don't take it seriously, like our government's been very much like since 1947 uh, in Roswell, famous case. Yeah. When originally they, the the government released a, a a statement in the news saying we've captured a disc and there was a lot of sightings at that time mm-hmm. immediately changed their story uh, day, uh you know a day later hours later and said oh no it's just and, and and since then they've changed the story several times i don't know you know that case is there's so much information and disinformation it's hard to know but i think it, it's very interesting roswell but since then, it's been like UFOs are a joke. We don't even. Meanwhile, they've had commissions study them. Oh yeah, uh, secretly a uh, Project Blue Book, this and that. Other governments have been a little more open about it. France, and I promise we can stop talking about it after this. Look up the Cometa report. C O M E T A. It's the French equivalent of NASA. Mm-hmm. Did a study using scientists and it was government, and they hired you know astrophysicists and scientists isn't that and to uh investigate the cases at at that time is you know it's a few years old maybe i don't know 20 years ago when they did that anyway that study was educated people not a bunch of you know quacks you know these are real guys with scientific background and anyway they concluded that um small number approximately what i quoted earlier five or so percent give or take i can't be quoted on any numbers in this podcast without a computer in front <laughs> no, of me all the, you know oh i forgot to tell you they fact check all these shows oh yeah i'm gonna uh, get killed by factcheck.org yeah, like twitter you're gonna be ripped apart but <laughs> but anyway in conclusion i'm just saying that they concluded that around five percent for for about five percent of the cases that they studied the best explanation was that is it wasn't some sort of extraterrestrial uh incident but that's just to give people the idea that you know, just to have an open mind towards sure. this thing is not in, in, not hardly insane. It's um, I, I wish people could be more open about open minded about UFOs because I'd love to get to the bottom of it in my lifetime. Wouldn't that like, be cool? Actually, there was just some weird explosion somewhere in the country uh, that sounded a little strange, but I don't know if it's a UFO event or not. But they, they thought it was a meteor or. Some blue light exploded and broke windows. I ju- I was on my way to another podcast and I just got to skim it. Holy crap! Shit's happening, Justin. It's shit, happening. Shit is happening. Should I wear a helmet when when I leave here today? Well, yeah, but coat it with aluminum so they can't read your thoughts. <laughs> Perfect. What's your favorite uh, UFO movie? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I uh, Close Encounters is pretty cool. I just watched that recently. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice on you know on Blu-ray and and uh, it's pretty good. Uh, but I love I don't know if it, I mean Alien movies does that count of the Aliens yeah 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 um, sure. Aliens yeah. one and, and two mm-hmm. I think were really good. I like the whole series. I watch them. I have like an Alien film festival at my house um, once a year. Sweet. How about Mars Attacks? I haven't seen that. I don't, that's a comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh, District 9 is phenomenal. Oh, one of my favorite movies. Great movie, yeah. How great was it when that was nominated for an Oscar? It was even better on a second time I watched it. Like, I enjoyed it more. And and uh, I've, I've only seen it twice, but... Yeah, yeah I highly recommend that as well. It's that such a... It's like... Movie. It's just so cool. And they use some of that stop motion for the for some of the robots and the monsters. Holy shit, it's be- I, District 9's believable. It's great. <laughs> like... That- it's, it's shot really, so real, you know, and it's got a little bit of humor. It's it, yeah. it, it's it's just it's not Hollywood, you know. No, that, anyone that hasn't seen that, they're just kidding themselves if they like 
sci-fi. Yeah, it's I great. remember seeing it. It was, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it till it was on, you know, DVD or something. And it was like, and then I was the guy running around like, "Have you seen District Nine? Yeah, you haven't seen it. Nobody like it's so fucking good. I like to turn it right up, turn it up. You know, get the explosions loud and hell yeah, and uh, it's great. I had yeah. a great movie. Um, we should uh, we should go. You know, for people who aren't familiar with uh, with Arge Barker, where did uh, did you grow up? You grew up in California, born and raised. Yeah, I was born in California and, and uh, was uh, grew up there. Yeah, yep, and started comedy there. And now I just move around, do shows all over, and I spend a lot of time down under in Australia. Yeah, which is cool. What came was- first, your role on? Um- Oh, I was in Australia already years before. That's in fact where I met them fellers was in Melbourne. I met goodness. Melbourne. I met them in Melbourne, then I got to know them in New Zealand, and then we were friends for it was only six years later after that that I even that they even contacted me about the show. And initially the show was meant to be on NBC. The Flight of the Concords originally had an option with NBC. Oh really? Or vice versa. NBC had an option. And then that ran out, and it didn't happen. And then they, HBO picked him up. Yeah. And then we did two seasons, and they wrapped up. But they still tour. You know, they did a tour recently in New Zealand and Australia, and I've supported them in the entire thing. Awesome. It was awesome, yeah. Because it was their first tour since they were, like, basically, like, in these national treasures of of, of uh of New Zealand, and also the the tour blew up in Australia too. I mean, the entire tour sold out before they even started the first show, and then they they were adding some shows. Holy crap! So it was like it was fun to be a part of that. How long were you doing that? Oh, that was pretty short because those are smallest smallest countries uh, population wise, so it didn't take that long to hit the bigger cities. Yeah. So it was about six weeks total. They toured here around so. three weeks in each country, but a few days off, some really nice, good times. Yeah, especially. I mean, I love Australia, but that was that was more familiar. I'd yeah. been to all the cities a million times. It was awesome, but I think the New Zealand tour. There's something really special about it because they're in their home country, sure. and they and, and but the whole tour. But also to be fair, I got the flu uh, right during in the middle, like right when we got to Australia. I got really sick, oh, sicker sure. than I've been in a long time. I mean, just standard flu, but I hadn't had that in a long time. Yeah, where you get the fever and. And a, and a really bad cough, and I felt really like shit, man. And so, the rest of the whole Australian tour, I was sort of just trying to like cobble it together. Yeah. What's it like hanging out I with was those lo- guys in their home country, like rock stars? Well, it is, but New Zealand is such a low key place. Like, you know, we were they got treated nice. Like, you know, maybe I think one time we got a free. Uh, thing of uh, of muesli at this breakfast place. And I don't think that would have happened if if I wasn't with Jermaine at that time. <laughs> oh no, I just said, "Do you guys sell this? Because it's really good." And they're like, brought us like a little canister of it. Hey, <laughs> take what you can get. So we right? get free muesli. <laughs> but otherwise, it's very. It's not um, that culture. It doesn't really lend itself towards anyone being. A more important or a bigger deal than anyone else so everything's pretty low-key so sounds like that's your style they're the definition of low-key i mean they're really they they're really nice regular guys very really polite and i've never seen them act like celebrities uh or how you might think a celebrity would act yeah like sure. big-headed or yeah um elitist or any of that they're just they're just mellow guys great guys and in New Zealand too, they're perfectly able to walk around and be themselves. And they know—I mean, yeah, people come up and they want a picture, but but always really nice, really polite. So it wasn't like maybe as nuts as you wouldn't imagine. Yeah, but it was uh, just great vibe. Everyone is super nice on the tour. I was picturing the uh, <clears throat> Michael Jackson circa nineteen ninety-four or eighty-four. Yeah, you're picturing like screaming, dangling babies, yeah, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they Women didn't passing out. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, I've seen girls cry when they see him come out of a building. That yeah. was in the states. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, like all these fans are waiting, and I've seen tears. That's that's pretty Beatles esque. <laughs> they didn't really, when you really think about it. But they wait, you know, things. they they love him so much. It's that tears of love, you know. Yeah, like no, I can't I believe I'm seeing these guys. Yeah, and they are great guys, though. So I guess you know, I I, I would cry if I didn't get to see him. <laughs> 
Has there ever been talk of those guys like doing a movie? Yeah, they, and they've been. That's been openly brought up, but I don't know where it's at. Yeah, and I think I, I don't think one can assume that the movie would be a continuation of the TV show. I think I can't rule out anything, and I know nothing. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not like dangling a carrot right. like I know something. I'm I just saying. Confirm nor deny. No, I, I don't. I don't know anything. I mean, I know often. I know less than people off the street. Sure. I mean, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, I heard they're doing a movie," and I said, "Nah." And then I went and Googled it, and Brett had just mentioned in an, in an inter- interview that you know, yeah, we're thinking of doing a movie or whatever. I was like, "Thanks for telling me." <laughs> but I think he was just saying it like, "You never know." Sure, why not? Yeah, keeping open, being open-minded. That's the theme of our podcast today. But, <laughs> but I just think. If they did a movie, it could take any form, um, anywhere, anything from a concert film with sketches to uh, a conti- to potentially, a, for all I know, and I'm just, again, I know nothing. Except, We're writing the script right now. Yeah. Potentially, it could be a continuation of the show with the same characters, or perhaps a new world. Your character, Dave. Where Dave is... In charge of everything, yeah. and no, no. What I'm saying is, Dave may not. In, in if a movie comes out, Dave may not exist, which would suck for me, obviously. <laughs> that movie's stupid. But they'd probably none of those guys. They'd probably get. They'd get. They'd, they're good guys. They'd probably get me in there somehow. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I think. I think that they would want to keep the uh, cast involved to some degree. I would. I, I would. I would just guess. But all I'm doing is guessing now. You don't want to so, let you know. I don't want to. I don't want to mislead anyone to think I know anything. I really don't. The like ho- I said, the ho- what's that magazine? The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be all over this. This big. Yeah, no. Here. Once this gets, once this hits the airwaves, <laughs> watch out. We're going nationwide, man. So, How long ago was the marijuana logs? Uh, I remember that was, you coming to town, and I think it was wasn't too much. Like a year after that, it had been wrapped up. It's been a long time, though. We did know. that at the Pantages here in, in uh, years ago, and it was really nice. Yeah. Uh, that was a while ago, though. Yeah. 2000, that was sort of 2003. I'm throwing, I'm a little rough with the timeline, so I'd say 2003 to 2007-ish is when the marijuana logs, for me personally, and Tony Kameen still goes out and does it pretty oh, regular. Really? Yeah, he does it with Rob Cantrell and Dan Gabriel a lot of times. Um, Doug Benson, I don't think he's done it for years, but he does his own pot thing. He's He's sort of kept going on the whole pot thing but started doing his own thing super high me and that oh yeah and uh, i personally out of all three of us i just i sort of fell off the pot train like i i smoke rarely but it's not even really i wouldn't even consider myself a stoner anymore yeah i think i think i have residual stoner tendencies which i'll always have from being a stoner but i don't i don't know i want (laughs) to I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't keep up anymore. I took a break, and I never went back to being a big pot smoker. Yeah, residual. Say it again. Residual. Stoner residual stoner tendencies. tendencies. I like that. Uh, <laughs> RST, as it's known in the medical community, <laughs> which, which means you know you're you're fairly laid back and uh, yeah, and forget a lot of shit. Yep. But I still enjoy it once in a while. But I just don't. I'm not habitual anymore, which is fine. So for me, it was a natural thing to sort of not gravitate towards doing that show anymore, although I haven't ruled, ruled it out. In fact, I was asking Tony the other day, I said, it would be cool one day just to do a reunion show with the original cast members. Yeah, of course. And uh, But maybe, we'll, you know, when then we were both wondering, we don't know if Doug will want to do it or not because he's really doing his own thing. He might feel like that's a step down or something. But I have a feeling that he would think that would be a fun idea. Yeah, you think so. And 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 it wouldn't be about wouldn't really be about prestige or money. It would just be about kind of cool fun. thing. Yeah. Because you know we we really had a ball doing that show. I mean, we were touring around. We we were all stand ups before that, mm-hmm. but suddenly we're touring around with a set script where we only have to perform approximately one third of it. Mm-hmm. Sitting down most ninety five percent of the time. Um, it took all the 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 it sort of took all the work out of. Being a stand-up, you got to prepare your set. You got to write jokes. Once that thing was locked, we were just going around delivering it and partying and 
everywhere we go, people give us tons of weed. And what's that like? Uh, it's people, I, green. I imagine that still happens, does it? People, yeah, actually, in the Northwest, people gave me. I I ended up. I gave most of it away. Thankfully, I didn't want to waste it. Yeah. But in the end, I had to flush some down the toilet because oh. I didn't want to fly with it. But because, like I said, I'm very occasional, and I I dabbled, but but um yeah they, yeah a lot of weed turned up in the northwest it's beautiful beautiful part of the country <laughs> um that was fun though i mean to be fair i've i can't remember some some of it then it was a lot of fun like we were at a club a couple of weeks ago and tony said remember when we came here i said no we've never shut up we've never been to this club oh no and the manager confirmed that i still don't believe it but they said i'd been there and, and done shows your picture there. was on the wall there was a picture, but you know these days you can do anything with Photoshop. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> but that's not my proudest thing to admit. But you should be proud of that. But we, that. it was a mixture. It wasn't just the pot, but there was also a lot of drinking, mm-hmm. and there was also some recreational Xanax use, which you know not the wisest thing. No. to mix with alcohol. I wouldn't think so. And tons of weed and flying different city every weekend. I mean, it makes for, it's like, that might as well be called forget about it, too, because when you mix all those factors. Yeah. Did you guys ever get hassled by the cops back then? No. Uh, No, we never did, actually. No, we were uh, maybe lucky in that way. But no, I think at times we probably did get lucky. But then again, in the time that we've done the marijuana logs, marijuana's never been like a major, major crime. I mean, obviously, if you have too much of it, but to having a, a you know an eighth or getting caught smoking a joint, well, it could land you in jail overnight potentially if you're not driving a vehicle. I mean, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's not like the biggest deal in the world. No, depends what state you are to some degree. Do you uh, you one of the guys that has these medical cards or? No, I never. Because by the time that was a thing that everyone was doing, I wasn't even. Done. I don't need it that bad. Yeah. You know what I like though? Are like good like pot cookies or brownies because i can eat those and then i don't it doesn't come on so quick and then i don't i think i have some issues with like smoking and stuff that makes me kind of anxious so if there's any good chefs out there uh, bake me up some awesome pot cookies how long you in town till sunday <laughs> um, look at my face i don't know anyone that does that okay <laughs> yeah, I think those are nice. That's more my speed, really, is to eat a brownie and, and kind of get a little stoned. That kind of scares me. I don't know why. Oh, eating it? Yeah. Oh, because you feel like, yeah, you feel like you can't, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I don't mind it. Plus, I love chocolate chip cookies and brownies. Like I, they're so good, so it's like, I'd almost, it's almost more for that. <laughs> I'm addicted to those. <laughs> yeah. I, I I hear you. <laughs> no, you, uh, what do you, um, what was I going to ask you? So you're in Minnesota until Saturday or Sunday. Well, you do, Sunday well, you morning. Shows, well, Sunday, because you, you have shows through Saturday. Uh, what else are you going to do to pass the time? I know you've been busy with some media stuff today, and you're nice well, I did, enough to visit yeah, did me some here. interviews, and now I'm, I've been uh, pretty, only for a few weeks now, but I've been going to CrossFit pretty regularly. Uh, which is this sort of fitness cult that's very popular. And they're in gyms in almost every city now. Mm-hmm. Any big city's got some CrossFit gyms. And it's sort of a philosophy of, you know, it's sort of similar to the PX90 thing and and even, I hate to say, but insanity workout. They all are based on the idea, I believe, that you change your exercise. It's always different. You're always mm-hmm. throwing something different at your body and mm-hmm. challenging it and pushing yourself, and high-intensity, shorter-duration workouts. And anyway, it's a little addictive, and it just it's really difficult. Like, most of the time, I can't even do the exact workout that's prescribed because I'm not, like, I can't do, uh, you know, 40 pull-ups. I just, I, I can't. Yeah. I can do, like, five, four or five. Yeah. And then I can't do them. I did so, five, actually, uh, before I came here today. It's fucking hard, isn't it? And chin-ups that's with your hands facing you is even harder, I think. Yeah. Oh, I did the, yeah, over. over. Yeah, that's a pull-up, I yeah. think. Either way, it's hard. And, and their workouts sometimes like, okay, do... Well, the other day they did one, and and this was in uh, Portland. There's an awesome 
CrossFit gym I went down. And they said, okay, for 15 minutes, do five chin-ups and five dips and keep alternating for 15 minutes, as many as you can. So I can do like three dips and and two two chin-ups. And then so that now that's 14 minutes and uh, 52 seconds to go. Yeah. But I just kept doing it as much as I could. I would jump up and lower myself down. Yeah. And that's a modification that they advised. I I couldn't straighten out my arms for a week. Yeah. I mean, I was so sore. And so... So you just started. Even though I do the little sissy style or whatever, nobody mocks you. And you just, you know... And I know I'd made some progress because I, I was sore. So I maybe that was a little too sore. Maybe I didn't... You know, maybe I should have... Maybe I was supposed to do something after the workout to make it not as bad and drink milk i don't know what i'm supposed I, I to do but hot tub my point is Power it feel, i felt like i'm getting a real workout and and uh and it makes me want i'm not big into like i'm not competitive towards the other people like i'll always probably be, be the worst at it yeah but i would like to be uh fit feels fucking good yeah so, so that's that's so not a thing. new thing no I've, I've i've for years dabbled with going to the gym and at times more regular than others i've been into yoga sometimes uh, running, but I find it a little hard on the knees to uh, run every day. Running, no. It's enjoyable, except for what sometimes when the right knee gets a little funky. And I'm training for a snowboarding comedy tour starting in January. What? Yeah, it's called Snowed In, and it's in Western Canada mostly, and Alberta, uh, BC and Alberta. And then we're doing a week. They're doing two weeks in Europe. I'm doing the first week with them. And that's like a lot of snowboarding, a four I guess four to five days a week of boarding and f- shows five or six nights a week. And I want my goal is to be in like, well, I'd like to be in awesome shape for that to yeah. really kill it. But at the very least to be in better shape and be more prepared and be able to uh, take more, just, yeah, just be more durable. Holy shit. I'd be able to go down the hill. And so I'm strengthening. And that's why this program it's gonna help me prepare for that. I, I, I've been I've been an avid snowboarder. I was gonna say, so you've been hired to work at a snowboarding. Well, I'm booked on the tour. Yeah, and it's my second year. It is perfect, and I'll tell you why. Around, I'm gonna throw out a number. Fifty percent of the people that work at a lot of these ski resorts, guess where they're from? Australia. Word. And those are those are those are my peeps. Yeah. <laughs> Australia is my niche. Yeah. 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 You know, like uh, Rex uh, Navarrete, you know he is? No. He's a comic. Uh, he He's a Philip. I think it's Filipino comic. I don't want to be wrong and then look like an asshole. But anyway, he can fill a theater in a city, and it'll all be Filipinos. Oh, okay. Doug Benson's uh, niche is... Potheads. Yeah, potheads. And he does very well with that. Mm-hmm. Well, my niche... I mean, everyone's trying to find their niche. You mm-hmm. just need a niche, and you can have a good career. Um, Yours are rednecks. My no, n- that's someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's a good niche. <laughs> that niche will get you your own airplane. Um, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm in a, I'm not complaining. My niche seems to be Australians. You know, I went down there and found a a uh, welcoming a, a welcoming welcoming home for my comedy. As much as I'd like to blow it up in the states. You know, and I'm thankful I get to work in a great club, and I do get people coming to the shows. And people, you know, I've got great fans here, but I don't have as many. No, especially sure. percentile wise. Yeah, because like over there, I'm, I, I can play in theaters, and and it's very rewarding, and that's my niche. And so, anyway, getting back to that, these ski resorts to so many Australians. So when I'm part of the show, that's helping sell tickets. I bet. And so that made me. A uh, desirable uh, component of the tour. Yeah, and for me, it's awesome because I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll come back again. Oh, so I and the guys are cool. Yeah, yeah, the guys are the guys are cool. It's a uh, uh, Dan Dan Quinn and Craig Campbell and and uh, and uh, Pete uh, Johannesburg. He's uh, a dear friend of mine, and uh, we have we have a we have a great time. And Pete's wife, uh, Courtney comes along and I'm bringing in my friend, uh, my good friend, Allison. He's like my quasi assistant, even though she claims I never pay her, but I I sometimes give her money and stuff. (laughs) And, 
it's going to be just a blast. And I think they're going to make a web series out of it this year. Dan's working on that. And it's just, it's awesome. And so last year I was a little bit caught off guard because those guys are pretty competitive snowboarders. Yeah. And I used to be quite into it, but I was a little rusty. But also I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like I wished I was in a little better shape. So this year I've been training. How, how old did you, when did you start snowboarding? I started snowboarding when I was 16. Yeah. Uh, 17, and I was super into it for about five years. I, I even were, and I, it culminated with me working at a ski resort, snowboarding about, you know, 70 days or whatever, however many you get when you work there, quite a few. Yeah. And then I started comedy, and since I started comedy, I fell right off. Yeah. Then I went through this whole phase of like, oh, snowboarding was for me when I was young, and now I'm getting older and my knees can't take it. And that was just a nonsense I was telling myself. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, like I said, we're we're just about the same age. You're, I think you're like a few months older than me. And uh, in like 16, 15, 16, we were that age. That's when really snowboarding, when people were just kind of picking it up. Yeah, like, yeah. It was it, really it, new back it, then. Yeah, a lot of resorts didn't allow it in that. Right. Yeah, I they wrote, like I wrote the a, outsiders. I rode an avalanche kick, which I don't think even think the avalanche exists under, at least under that name. It was founded by a guy called Damian Saunders. It was a big pro, kind of rock star, pro snowboarder at the time. And anyway, I fell off, and then recently I just said, you know what, I'm not old, I'm I'm going to get back out there, and so I've been trying to strengthen my body. And See, stuff. I started skiing, you know, right about that time, when other people, like you, for example, started snowboarding, and then, <clears throat> like, when I left, I uh, grew up in St. Paul here, then I left and moved, like, to in Duluth, Minnesota, you know, north of here, and met all these people in college, and tons of people my same age were snowboarding, and I kept telling people, you know, like, you should pick up a board, try it, and I thought... Am I am I going to be fifty and still snowboarding? No, but am I going to be fifty and still skiing? I thought that always thought that was more likely. Oh, yeah. Now you're saying that that's bullshit that you just tell yourself that. Oh yeah, and I was yeah. telling myself that when I was twenty. Well, what a well, pussy. Well, to be fair, neither of us are fifty or close to it. I'm sure you would agree. But yes, but yeah, you you could snowboard fifty, sixty, seventy, no problem. Yeah, it's just you know, especially that, if you, especially if you're like anything, if you're solid at it, you know, yeah, you might not go down. You might not do the double black diamonds anymore <laughs> when you're 70. I just you, think like back then I didn't see anyone older than like 20 that was snowboarding. Oh, that but that's in that was in the beginning. The whole thing was oh, this is something the punks are doing. Yeah, that whole thing's gone now. It's way gone. Yeah, yeah. You get the whole family down there. Sis, sis is little sis has her snowboard and her helmet. Sean White's, you know, he's like a no, he's it, a celebrity. It, it's completely mainstream now, and everyone can do it. And almost every resort allows both. I think there is one in, at least that I know of in Utah, that doesn't allow snowboarding. Still, it's very sort of old school, conservative. Ski. I think it's where Mitt Romney goes, <laughs> his family. Um, I heard he owns it. I mean, I'm serious. I, I think I did hear that. But really? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, sure. I it's sort that. of like uh, in Minnesota, the equivalent of that would be uh, the... Um the resorts where you can't use motorized uh, watercraft, you know, they can use like a like a canoe. But well, a, I can understand that better. Boat, you know, with an engine, it's just. But people, some people want to go to a peaceful lake where the birds aren't disturbed, and the you know, I think it's nice to have a couple of those mm-hmm. places where you don't allow engines. I don't know if it's comparable because an engine really is loud, and uh, and can. Dude, disruptive. when you're shredding, it's loud, man. It can be disruptive to whatever is going on there, but where snowboarding is just another form of going down the snow. Any bad injuries? No. No. Oh, I'm sorry I asked. Can't knock on wood from where I am. I've been so darn lucky, man. I've flipped over going really fast. I've fallen off high places. I've gotten banged up. I've broken snowboards, but I've never really gotten hurt. You were saying... Um, I can't afford to either. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I think that's tempting fate worse. But I'm going straight from that tour into a very busy touring season in Australia. Yeah, now, I was going to say, this morning I, I heard you say that this weekend at Acme, then you're done for the... Then I'm taking three weeks off. Three weeks off? Then I'm going to Shanghai, Beijing, just for gigs, for expats, mm-hmm. and then Hong Kong. And these are all... My friend John Moorhead books this tour, and uh, it's for a lot of Brits or Americans, whoever's in those communities mm-hmm. that wants some English-speaking entertainment. He's going to make it happen. And I've been doing those for a few years, and he's a really good friend. 
And then from there, I'm going down to Australia for a couple of weeks to re, uh, go home and take it easy. And then I'm coming back for a New Year's gig and the holidays. So this is really it for the States, except for my New Year's gig in San Francisco. I'm pretty much um, not going to be... It doesn't be. sound like traveling as much. Although I'll still be doing sets wherever I am. I'll be going down and getting some stage time. Yeah. Because I have to keep working on bits. Yeah. How much uh, how much new stuff are you doing right now? Uh, 99.9? Well, I don't know what new new to who. I mean... Uh, let's say... I, let's see, You have an album out that was a few years ago? A year ago? Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, some of that... It's, it's complicated because I have to prepare a show for Australia. Uh-huh. And Australia, that really wasn't released in Australia, so... Nobody but maybe the hardest core fans over there are familiar with that album. Mm-hmm. Because that DVD is not released there. Oh. So I'm on a different sort of timetable. So a couple of those jokes are in my current set because I'm going to be using them over there. But I, no one's complained. No, no. And there's a lot of new stuff. There's all brand new shit that I've been writing. Yeah. And some really good gear. But, you know, if somebody comes along and they're upset, I'll give them their money back out of my own pocket because I haven't seen that happen. No, it won't happen. What uh, you said right before we got started... I joked about singing. You said I was actually. Oh, I'm working. I'm working. Working on a song for my new show in Australia, which is called it's it's called Go Time, as in like it's Go Time. Yeah, right, right. And it's a it's going to be a pretty upbeat song uh, to start off the show. Well, I love rapping. I love. I play guitar. You do okay. I'm teaching myself a little piano. I need to get some proper lessons because I'm just going by ear. But I'm writing this beautiful song on piano just like no words but that's just like a classical like a really sad it's just, it's just i just found a couple chords that sound so beautiful together and i i'm obsessed with them i, I just play on my ipad right now on garage band but <laughs> they, they do sound awesome. awesome and but that's all just hobby shit yeah guitar it's all hobby yeah. rapping i'd like to do more rapping i have some i have some raps on the internet you know people can look up the sickest buddhist that's a good rap i'm proud of that yeah I just love it, you know. I never want to say no to anything. I don't want to say I don't want to put myself in a, in, in a classification as to what I do. But when you're doing a one-hour show, it's nice to accent it with something out of the norm. Right, right. So if I can open up with an awesome song, then I go into my, my material, maybe close with the song as well. That gives it that feeling of a one-man show. Hell yeah! All right, well, uh, I think that does it. Great. I um. Go get some sleep or whatever you should. I might take a nap. Take a nap? Yeah, and then I'm going to maybe work on my song, maybe write some jokes. Who knows what I'm going to do? Where can people... get some food. Yeah, food. How about... Uh, I'd like to give you a chance. Where can people see you on Twitter? I know you're on there quite a bit. Well, I'm on Twitter, at Arge Barker. Yep. And that's it. Facebook, do you do anything on there? I have a Facebook page. It's just Arge Barker, public page. Yeah. So people can like on that, because then I'll do updates. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. <laughs>